Welcome to the new Gen on a Mission podcast on the North-South Connection. I'm Tim Slavka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we're on the journey to relive the new generation era, to find the best and some of the worst of a time period often forgotten. Brennan Shaw at Survivor Series 92 to Brennan Shaw at Survivor Series 97. But beyond the pay-per-views and examine the weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how's everything going? Pretty good, man. Fall, fall season's starting to come into form. That's my... Uh... That's my time to shine, so I'm loving, you know, that the season's coming around. Well, we really don't get like a real fall down here in Florida, but what Florida fall that we do have is kind of starting to happen. Hey. So. Yeah, you don't get you don't get uh, changing leaf colors and uh, <laughs> right, right. some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, it's it's falls the best. You got football, baseball playoffs. You got uh, excitement around Halloween and Christmas. So. You know, a little bit, uh, not to say scared, but in the Chicago, you kind of get nervous about the the winter, which sucks. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, a lot of a lot of fun uh, before then. So pump for it. Exactly. All right, so we're gonna do a shorter episode today, just as we looked at timeline to get us to Survivor Series. We're gonna do just one Raw, one Superstars. It's like a minier time, and then we can get. We'll be back on two next time, and beginning of the Survivor Series showdown and then this actual Survivor Series. So just something to keep us moving along these these two weeks. Um, so a little bit shorter, shorter show. And then, uh, you know, like I said, we're trying to get get to uh, our, basically one year. We'll be at when we get to Survivor Series 93. It'll be one full calendar year of wrestling. Yeah, it's about two years to get to. So pretty, pretty exciting there. Uh, anything else before we get started? No, it's just what you mentioned. I mean, it's been a year like you know wrestling wise and like um you know from from survivor series 92 to coming up on survivor series 93 it feels like a uh drastically different product in the good in my opinion yeah definitely it's, it's crazy too just as you said that it's like in survivor series 92 we didn't even have hogan and right. like through this time it's like one year hogan came and left um and so it's kind of crazy that we've covered a lot during this time frame you know uh, you know, things like Luger churning and things like that. There's just been so much that's happened. Uh, but I think I think it's moving in the right direction. I think 94 is a great pay-per-view year. So uh, we'll keep it moving with, uh, we'll see how Survivor Series 93 gets. We're definitely building up to some good stuff this with these two episodes today. So we'll go a lot of that. So we are at the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie uh, recording on October 18th. Uh, so this is the November 1st, uh, 1993 Raw. So this is the third taping of this one. It's a little bit long. The crowd's definitely a little lethargic for it all, but um, you know, a little bit different uh, feel for this one, maybe compared to the other ones. But we'll see how it goes. Definitely pumping up a lot about Survivor Series. So uh, you want to get started, or do you want me to take the Booger match? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. <laughs> so uh, we we start with Razor Ramon versus Bastion Booger, which is like an odd matchup to begin with, and. You know, like you say, the crowd being lethargic and stuff, you definitely feel it in this match because it starts off really, really slow and plotting. And, like, this is not an opponent that works to Razor's, like, babyface strength. So, um, you know, like, trying to, like, a guy that's, you know, bigger than him is not going to bump around for him or anything like that or, like, play into his charisma kind of. Um, I just thought this was very slow and plotting to start with. And basically towards the end, you know, highlight-wise, we really don't get anything beforehand. Um, 
Razor goes for like the Razor's Edge, and you're like, there's no way he's getting him up for this. So like, it was just kind of weird to see him get that to begin or go for that to begin with. Um, he gets backdropped, and then Booger like starts doing his little dance and hits the butt splash. Like he actually hits his finish, his little butt splash, you know, dance combo thing that he does. Like he hits it, and then Razor reverses it into like a sunset flip kind of pin and gets the win, which is kind of weird that. You know, he got hit with that finish, but then a sunset flip pins Booger. Like, it, he must just be, like, that fat that, like, any weight shifted that how far it's going to guarantee can't move. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, like, pretty shitty match, of especially with Razor being, you know, like, I don't mind Bastion Booger. I don't detest him or anything, but this matchup just really brought the worst out in him and kind of drug Razor down to that level where he's been on fire lately as a babyface, so... Uh, kind of just a bad taste kind of match. I don't know about what you thought. Yeah, so even during the match, Vince says this is a, a very lethargic matchup so far. So he even calls it out that this is not good. Uh, it, Razor does slam him during the match, but he actually hurts his quad. I Actually, whether he hurts it or not, but he definitely acts like he's selling it. So I actually think he hurt himself actually slamming it. So maybe not the best idea. Like I mentioned the same thing, like he's going for the razor's edge, which is just silly. The crowd does lose it for it. So I think like it was kind of a cool idea of like getting his, his furniture is just so over. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but I think it's a kind of a dumb, um, a dumb, you know, a dumb, dumb plotting move. Like if you're going to scout a guy, like you would never do that. So bad on razor. Like I said, he gets, he gets he gets his finishing move, which is just crazy, and then an easy flip. He like doesn't have to struggle to flip him over; like he just barely does it um, to push him over. So, pretty bad match, pretty bad for Razor. Like you kind of mentioned, I didn't even think about it, but that's a terrible opponent for Razor as a face. Um, right. It's just it does like you said, doesn't go over anything that he could do. You know, maybe better someone like a one two three kid or something like that, where you can see, okay, this makes more sense. That, that was kind of a bad match, so it wasn't too long, but it, I think if you're kind of watching Raw, it's like, oh, cool, you get a Razor Ramon uh, match, so you're probably not that pissed off at it, but... Right. Um, so then we get some highlights up next. We get um, Todd Pettengill talking about Razor... Uh, sorry, Riddick Bowe and Vander Holyfield are going to fight this weekend, and they must have got paid for it because like, they were really pumping it up for so... Something must have. I mean, boxing was then back then. That was a Tyson Holyfield era. So, right, big deals on the weekend. Like I remember as a kid, like I wasn't a boxing fan, but like I would remember those weekends. Like, oh yeah, the big fights coming up. So, uh, but it's weird the WWF kind of like, uh, you know, anti-boxing. Maybe not anti-boxing, but definitely weird for them to be bringing it up. Um, And then they show uh, highlights of the Tatanka Borga match. Borga, man, just has a stiff, that chair shot is just so stiff watching that replay. Like, he really, really hits him hard with it. It makes a loud dud uh, sound, too. So, pretty cool highlights. And then we're going to, um, and that's all during Todd's things. Todd has a bunch of terrible um, jokes in a way. But they do mention that it's three weeks away from from the Survivor Series. So, kind of really getting us pumped up for the Survivor Series. Uh, I don't know if you had anything to add on that kind of... Um, I just think it's like as as much as I, don't, I really don't like Todd Pettengill, I also like him like in a, like a nostalgic way. Um, like he, the way he like he almost talks uh, so radio on purpose because I think right. he kind of like I think he kind of like makes fun of the WWF fans in a wink and a nod kind of way. Like 
he's like above it kind of thing. Yeah. So he just like plays up the cheesiness. Um, but I also it's like, like you know Todd Pettengill is my childhood like telling you like the cheat codes and the wrestling games and stuff like yep. that. So it's cool seeing him, but he's also kind of annoying. But um, they do a good job of like building you to Survivor Series. Like I I know it's always considered like the fourth of the big four, but like especially when I was a kid and like football wasn't like the number one priority, Survivor Series was always huge to me. So like seeing the you know, because like it's a pay per view where you get to see like thirty guys. You know, like you get to see right. almost the whole promotion. So besides the rumble, this is where like everything's on display. So um, they do a good job of pumping me up for that, and I and I've really appreciated these like little highlight packages promoting the pay per view so far. Yeah, no, they they've been good. Um, I, I actually like Todd. I think he brings a lot of energy. His mm-hmm. cheesiness is a little bit, but that's kind of like his, like he's a radio guy. So it's kind of his radio personality a little bit too. So yeah, I think that's kind of coming out there. Uh, we get the four fanatics as well out for a, uh, interview. Uh, <laughs> Borga is amazing here. He just talks about how stupid Americans are that, uh, Mr. Steiner can't even read or write. I, I just, it's crazy. And I have this out later, but how far they're pushing Borga up the top of the ladder. Like he is just, moved way ahead of anyone else uh and he comes off great on the mic like he's he's very smooth at it he's very mm-hmm. confident in what he's saying like he probably actually believes it knowing the backstory of him but <laughs> yeah. he's very yeah. very confident in what he's saying so it leads to very presentable and very like you know obviously booed out every time he's talking he's just gonna boot out of the, the arena so great stuff there uh i, I like this team i think the the build-up or the four fanatics versus the All-Americans has been really good. I think they've got a lot of cheap heat and anti-American stuff, but they kind of got the right people to do it in Borga, and, and Cornette is the other mouthpiece. Uh, and the Quebecers kind of being cheating hills have been pretty good so far, too. I think, I think they add up that kind of the, the, the quad of uh, foreigners. Yeah, I, I love this grouping like this. I, I kind of wish they like formed a stable more long term because right. like they just fit so well together. And, and I agree 100 percent about Borgen. Like he's so confident and and he probably does, like you say, believe a lot of what he's saying. And the, the WWF is probably lucky that there's no women on the other side of the team. Um, right. Because he, might, he might go rogue on the mic and <laughs> you know, start calling them certain things. But uh if you know, if you know, you know, with that one. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. As a unit and with Cornette, um, I just think that it, that it's awesome, like that, that whole faction. But they also talk about like Tatanka being out of the match now, like kind of um, with the with the injury, like, you know, looking for a replacement for Tatanka in that match. So, yeah, um, we got we got a little bit of like build towards that too like something to look forward to like oh who's gonna take Tatanka's spot you know with the injury angle which i thought was so well done um you know with the with the bonsai and stuff like that they kind of replay through that but um the one the one knock i would have on this faction is that yoko being the champion almost feels like the lowest on the on the totem pole with this oh, yeah. faction you know does, does he feel like that to you Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he's definitely, he's got no one to fight with. He's been feuding with no one. He's kind of been like, uh, he took out Tatanka with the Bonsai, but that was all Borga setting him up, right? Right, like, right. Yeah, he definitely feels like the odd man out here. Uh, and they they did also mention how they're going to fight uh, Rick Steiner next week. Borga's going to fight Rick Steiner next week mm-hmm. uh, on Raw. 
And they talked about how you made a great point about how they took the talk out. Like they're going to take out Rick Steiner next. So like they're just going, they're mauling through this, this team and they'll basically have no one to fight with at Survivor Series. But Yoko obviously never says anything, but he just, he doesn't add a lot to this group right now. I think that'll change coming up very shortly, but yeah. right now he's kind of a lost soul in this, in this matchup. Oh, and it's like, you know, I've been watching a lot of WCW Saturday night from this time period too, like, you know, like falling asleep and like, they have Vader as their champion with Harley Race, and he's the big time heel, and he just feels way so much more better over. Yeah, yeah like, like like I mean, he's obviously been a worker in, in my opinion too, but like the presentation is he feels like a monster. Like Yoko, yeah, you see it, but he's more like a higher gun type of monster. Like like you know, like they come in to, if he comes in to finish the guys off kind of thing. Not like he's the one running it, but. I don't know. Just, just an observation. I think that he no, I completely agree. Less, you know, he feels like the weak leak of the group. Right, right. Which is weird, you know, being the champion too. So, um, yeah, I'll get, the, I'll get the next match because I haven't had a okay. match yet. And then we got Mr. Perfect versus an Executioner. We haven't seen a lot of Perfect recently. Like they've kind of been building up that Diesel feud, but he's kind of feel like he's just on these like little. Um, every once in a while, just throw him out here to do a squash match. Uh, nothing kind of match, you know, your executions are your classic executioner. You don't know who they are. Right. Uh, and then the only thing I'd mo- mo- mentioned during this is Bobby throughout this whole thing is talking about how it's his birthday and he actually makes some joke and I meant to write it down and Vince actually laughs at it and catches himself laughing and goes, Bobby, that was actually funny. So it's kind of funny that Vince kind of broke kayfabe on, on a yeah. joke for Bobby. Uh, but a lot of in here about Bobby talk about his birthday celebration and what he's going to do. So weird way of them to kind of carry the commentary. I think they're missing Macho for sure on this. Like, I think it would probably play off better because Bobby just does not play. Or sorry, Vince does not play off Bobby a lot for his jokes. Like he just he just does, they don't have the best chemistry. It's not terrible, but I think Bobby obviously plays well, way better off Gorilla. Oh, 100 percent. Like, you know, the match itself was pretty long, like, for for a squash match, but I think they were purposely trying to get some commentary over, like you said, so yep. that kind of made sense in that aspect, but um, Vince doesn't really, I don't know if he just doesn't get the humor right, because sometimes when, he's, when it's just him and Jerry, it's the same way, like, he, does, you know, you don't have to sell it necessarily, but to, like, you at least play into it, you know? Yeah. Um, exactly. It, I, he did catch himself laughing, which was funny. Probably, he probably like yelled, yelled, yelled at himself in the mirror for showing like weakness, yeah, laughing, I, and yeah, and, hates himself still for it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, after that, we get a quick little vignette of Jeff Jarrett again, um, which I've been loving these. He's uh, outside of Tootsie. Three place to go. I'm not, you know, too keen on my country music knowledge, but. Um, he does bring up that he wants to smack Billy Ray Cyrus and raise his own. So kind of mixing the wrestling and, uh, country music aspect in that. Um, and then he also says like, everybody will want his debut album. So like, you know, this is like veering into the occupation era of, of yep. you know, wrestling. So they're kind of playing the part of that. Um, I think he's doing really good at this, like, uh, you know, building of his character especially like you know something kind of cheesy as like a country music star he's he's got like a i don't know a, a cause kind of but you know kind of also letting you know he's he's going to be an asshole when he comes into wrestling so um just just a little fun vignette there in this you know as we're still in vignette era of wrestling so um 
after that we get jeez uh, the smoking guns versus well done um this sucked like this like well done i don't i i really wish we could go back in the archives and erase that one time i said i liked them as a tag team because <laughs> every time every like, i feel like if people heard that and that's like the only thing like snickering behind my back like yo like can you believe he likes this shit like I don't know. I, I mostly have seen them in USWA, and like that was my memory of them, which they were they yeah. were great. But I just thought they were kind of cool, and like they have sucked so bad. And like they even bring the smoking guns down a little bit, like who haven't been the best lately for me either. Um, but I don't know. There was like a couple cool double team moves, like where it's like a like a suit. He holds him up. Billy holds him up for a suplex or Bart, and then they hit like a side splash, and even get like a you get a what a maneuver out of Vince. So that was kind of, of course, cool. like, he, yep. like, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to notice that that's like when he likes stuff, like he, but he just doesn't know what to call it. So he just says what a maneuver, like, like he's probably like, Oh, that was, that was a cool little movie you guys just did right there. Uh, then the finish comes when like Whippleman, Harvey Whippleman, who's with well done pulls Billy's leg for the DQ, which is a, such a cheap finish. Like I get, you have two, you know, well done is basically a job routine, but they're not presenting them as that yet. So I, I get you don't want to just kill them, um, but you don't have to. This is such a lame finish. Like, yeah, I feel like they could have done yep. something. And I just felt like the whole match as a whole was sloppy because the, the guns aren't really a polished team either. Um, and then they have them in with well done. Like there are so many like miscommunication spots where they just didn't know what they were doing. This is a really sloppy match. And to have it on a show with, you know, so far, Razor and Bash and Booger being sloppy and then perfect with the squash match. Like, I don't know. It just it, it's not off to a good start as far as in ring goes. So I think like your Bills to Survivor Series is carrying this show so far. Yeah, uh, you know I think one they're just not presented well at all. Mm-hmm. The uh, this the well done. I think that's like their biggest problem is like they get like no reaction from the crowd. Um, you know, no one knows who they are. The only reason they're getting any uh, action from the crowd is because of uh, Harvey Whippleman being out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I did thought actually the t- hot tag to Billy Gunn was pretty well done. The crowd really didn't come there, but I thought he came with a lot of fire during it. So I thought he brought the brought the goods for that. So I thought that was pretty well done. Um, I thought Billy Billy Gunn did a pretty good job on on that. Um, then Harvey, of course, grabbed the leg to cause the DQ. So it wasn't even like they went over strong of the smoking guns. Both teams are kind of aimless. Probably a better idea if if um, if this they were involved in Survivor Series, right? I think we've kind of talked about this before. Like both teams aren't there. Men on the Mission aren't currently there, booked for Survivor Series. So I think like they could have done something in the Survivor Series to give a lot more to that match. Um, and then uh, what's the thing? Uh, my last note was just the crowd really wasn't into this at all um they definitely did not care about either team really so disappointing on that end yeah i don't blame them either yeah and then we got uh then we got they're back at the desk and macho and uh macho man calls in and says he's gonna be back at raw next week he's feeling better bobby the brain is making fun of him for being injured too so he kind of gets some of that uh but a pretty quick segment uh there to kind of say macho man's back so big mm-hmm. news that he's coming back kind of nice would be nice to see him back Add the commentary i think a little bit as well have to add there as well no yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to him coming back i you, you really don't realize how much of like a glue piece he is 
and like almost as like a face of of the WWF at this time too. Like he's just kind of like the mediator and guy that holds everything together with you know because he's he's very credible voice you know like as far as in-ring talent goes and yeah like you kind of just believe everything he says so i i'm looking forward to him coming back in the booth for sure yep and we got our last match we got finally the appearance of uh adam bomb doing something so uh adam bomb versus virgil i put the crowds dead for this it's a long taping back in the day so i i get why the crowd's not out there uh, Harvey was with Adam Bomb again now, so uh, for some reason Virgil tries chasing him. So again, um, setting up a feud between Virgil and Harvey makes no sense because mm-hmm. uh, they've just got nothing to it. Uh, Bobby even comments that Harvey's on a roll recently, which I don't understand. His team just lost and looked, <laughs> looked like jobbers, and Adam Bomb's beaten nobody so far. Uh, okay, match, you know, same similar moves of Bomb, but you know. Virgil, the crowd wasn't behind. Like they obviously knew of him, but they didn't really care about this match. There was no feud set up. They, uh, at the, the Virgil goes for like a cross, flying cross body. Anabom drops him. Oh my uh, god! It was such a botch. I thought Vince actually covered it pretty well, saying, "Oh, look at how strong uh, Anabom is." So I thought that was pretty well done. Uh, but then then Anabom hits the Anabom Smasher. Really cool name for a move, and I think you know, put actually put an amazing name. Uh, he really didn't have the strength to get him up, so it just shows maybe Anabom is a little weak. But um, I thought it was a pretty good move. Um, you know, definitely a cool name. Good for Adam Bomb to finally beat someone. But again, I, I think they could have done like something with a feud to build this up. Then just, hey, at the end of a long taping, here's the Adam Bomb versus Guy Virgil that just has not done a lot recently. So overall. Yeah. Of- yeah. Like my, my first note on this was so it's come to this. Like this is like the. Like, if you look at, like, the Mortal Kombat towers and you're fighting, like, all through the jobbers, like, Virgil yep. is, like, right out of the out of the jobbers section. So that's where Adam Bomb is. Uh, they fuck, like, and then, like, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is why they haven't let Adam Bomb wrestle anybody with a name. Because, like, yep. they, do, they do, like, they try to do, like, the crisscross spot and they mess it up. And then they have to, like, they talk to each other, kind of, and then they start it all over again. And it still looks like shit. Um then, then, like you said, that cross body by Virgil is real sloppy where Adam Bomb can't even catch him. He just kind of, like, drops him. So it was a really, really sloppy start. Kind of saved towards the end because Virgil kind of spirits up a little bit with a comeback, and then he does hit the Adam Smasher, which is a cool finish. I've, I've always liked how um, Adam Bomb hits his power bomb. So if nothing else, we have a uh, character that looks cool and has a cool finish. So, I mean, you know, we could take that, I guess, after what we've seen for all these weeks from Adam bomb, you know? Yeah. I definitely agree on that. But yeah, very overall sloppy raw, as far as matches are concerned, nothing to really like, no really hidden gems. I would say nothing to really write home about. It's more just focus on the build to survivor series. So, so do you, uh, you want to go to superstars now? Yeah. I would shoot a plugs first. Okay. So yeah. So, um, here on North South, you know, if you listen, you, as you know, we got something every single day. We got, you know, uh, profile pieces on wrestlers. We got recaps to the pay-per-views. Um, we have stuff covering the Monday Night Wars, ECW, uh, Ruthless Progression Era. Pretty much like every marquee era of the WWF we have. We have uh, like a mini-series pod on the Dangerous Alliance. We got Jenny doing her thing um current wrestling like seriously like if you can think of something in wrestling and time um you know we have it covered so 
you know, just check us out every single day. There's something for you and, you know, all different voices on the podcast too. So it's not like, you know, if, if you're not into someone's personality, you're not going to like it. You have something, there's, you're bound to find something on the feed. So definitely check it out. Yeah. Tons of stuff. Um, you know, we're lucky enough that we're every other Tuesday. Ruthless Gresson, Gresson is every other Tuesday along with us. So great, great stuff on Tuesdays. Jetty position on Wednesdays. Uh, this week at the NFL on Fridays or around those days. And then always also as well, um, you know, the, the other pod podcast uh, networks, uh, the original place to be. And then the pop experience has great stuff as well. So uh, I'll be dropping as well myself just to brag a little bit. Uh, I was on a place to be. Uh, doing SummerSlam uh, 2008, which is a surprisingly good show with some terrible title matches, but a great overall pay-per-view. Uh, when you talk about maybe two of the worst title matches of all time, considering one's got the great Kali versus Triple H, but that match actually wasn't bad. So uh, great, great stuff all, on all these networks on the for the place to be. So uh, thanks, thanks for for yeah, joining. That, that episode, that episode actually just dropped too. So I, I'm definitely gonna have to listen to that. Didn't realize you were on that episode, so yeah, that's a cool no, little. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I guess my check wasn't in the mail, so uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Glad, yeah, glad to see you on there with them. That's uh, they're in 2008, right? So that's SummerSlam. Yeah, 2008. SummerSlam yeah. 08. Yeah, so really cool. Edge, Taker, Hell in a Cell, and then uh, first time ever Batista, Cena, which is a Cena. you know two yeah. two really strong matches, but neither are title matches. So like I said, you got a Kali Triple H match, which again. Could, could have been the worst thing ever, and it wasn't. Uh, and that's from a guy that really doesn't like Triple H. I'll give him credit for that match not being the worst ever. So, <laughs> Right. So great awesome. stuff. Yeah, listen, listen, rate, review, uh, you know, give us feedback. Always appreciate it. So talk soon uh, on, on, on the feedback. So appreciate it. Uh, we're on to the superstars then. So this is the 11-6 superstars. So a fresh taping. Uh, here, which is nice, uh, you know, finished up real strong with the last taping in the fact that they had, uh, you know, the big Tataka match uh, kind of finishing it up, but we got a fresh taping here. So uh, this is going to really be the, the major build for, uh, for Survivor Series here, or, you know, final tapings before Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was taped on October 20th. So right after they did Raw, but uh, this is the 11 six. Uh, why don't we start? Why don't you go the first match? Because that's your okay. guy. Uh, yeah. So first we start off with uh, Jacques Rougeau versus Rick Steiner, and man, this is like a breath of fresh air after what we just watched on Raw. As far as like uh, matches are concerned, like they start off with some good fast-paced action, uh, kind of going back and forth with each other. Then Pierre comes out to kind of like distract, you know, um, Rick, and all of a sudden Scott Steiner comes out and runs him off. So Yep. You're getting the play between like the two teams, um, you know, keeping this feud alive between the two, but also keeping the Survivor Series match in play. Um, Rick finally wins with a top rope bulldog, which is you know part of their like Steiner bulldog finish, so kind of plays into that. <clears throat> Excuse me, which was pretty cool. So yeah, fun little match, a solid win, and definitely you know better than anything we saw on Raw. So what? Uh, um, a, a good kind of, you know, some uh, a breath of fresh air, like I said. Yeah, kind of a random match to kind of have, right? Uh, they kind of build it up, but they, they show a, a package right before the match, kind of getting pumped for the match. So, you know, and sometimes we've talk, talked about these superstars, like there's not a lot to them. Uh, so this is kind of nice to have like this in. And we kind of talked about, too, the Survivor Series, like the, the four fanatics 
uh, versus uh, All Americans. Like they've really built out this field feud between Sander Brothers and Quebecers. So like you can kind of see it here, where the other both guys kind of come out for each to support their teammates, um, and definitely a little bit chaotic. Like they're both trying to cheat, and you know definitely adds a lot to the match. Uh, and Rick's a good wrestler, mm-hmm. and so is. Uh, and so is Jock. So fun little match to start superstars and kind of shows like, oh, maybe this is going to be, uh, you know, a really good, good superstars, especially if this is the first of the tapings, too. So, you know, I think they go in order of the tapings. I'm, you know, I'm not sure I'm going off history WWE, but like this is a good match to kind of have, like I said, early in the tapings. So you get the crowd kind of pumped for, you know, maybe some of the lesser squash matches. Right. So good, good start to superstars. Right. Uh, next, we then go into a face to face. Uh, that is really just a, ma- a recap of all the matches for Survivor Series. Um, we, we have an interview with Tatanka. We also have IRS and Razor Ramon uh, kind of feuding. So we haven't seen them for a while, a little bit, but this is kind of a build up to that again because uh, that'll be the big headliner of that uh, kind of random intercontinental match, right? Of of superstars, we got Razor and uh, Perfect and and uh, One Two Three Kid and Marty Jannetty, kind of a random pairings. Uh, but so they kind of have like little mini feuds built in that one. So it's kind of a cool uh, match there that I'm excited about. And they've kind of been building up each match. Now we'll see if they can kind of match up the teams together. Cause it's kind of like the feuds are going on, but the actual like team component really hasn't been brought up yet. So, right. And then we have Adam bomb uh, with Harvey Whippleman, as I kind of mentioned again, it kind of weird that he switched from Johnny Polo. I, I don't know why the reason why or what was going on, but uh, I, Maybe just to show him more, since Whippleman's such a little guy, maybe to show him like looking bigger with Harvey. I'm not sure. Uh, or maybe they're just mm-hmm. on different circuits. They have him with their traveling. I don't know. Uh, this is Total Destruction by Adam Bob. I thought he looked pretty good here. So I kind of liked his uh, destruction. Uh, and then after the match, um, Bob's kind of watching, rewatching his destruction, and Marty Jannetty comes out, and they kind of bump into each other uh, and kind of you know, argue a little bit. And so, you know, Adam's bombs that, that opener of the survivor series. So they kind of build this feud up a little bit. So kind of nice there. Like I kind of mentioned, like they hadn't really been bringing up teams kind of fighting with each other, but uh, here they kind of started off. So I don't know if you had anything to add. Yeah. I thought this was, um, this was pretty cool. Like, like I like the little interaction they have in the aisleway, like both yep. Marty coming out and they just kind of bump into each other and it kind of sets up something later in the show. So, I'll always appreciate when they do like little touches like that of uh, character work, and then you're kind of adding to the feud of the Survivor Series on top of that. So um, it wasn't cool. It wasn't it wasn't stupid the way they did it because Adam Bomb was like watching his finishing moves, so he wasn't just right. like going. I think they did it with Bam Bam and Doink the other time, where like Bam Bam was like walking so slow. It's like right. okay, we didn't really have the match, but instead he was like watching the highlights. So like I kind of like that they kind of add some intrigue of okay, like why would he be standing there? So I thought that was pretty good on their part too to add that in yeah definitely and, and make it something different than like than the one we saw before so it's not just like a same old trope so um definitely like that um after that get some more of, of what i like is heel crush um faces a jobber and the, like the pairing with him and fuji is so cool like i think crush and fuji oddly enough fit together better than yoko and fuji um, like Crush bows to Fuji pretty match, and I think that's just a super a cool touch to yep. it too. Um, he hits like a real cool super kick on the outside to the jobber too, so like they're like brawling outside of the ring as well. Um, but the finish was kind of weird, but also cool as far as like storytelling goes. Like 
he like does like this almost like the snake eyes where he like kind of drops them on the on the turnbuckle, and they're kind of playing into it because like that's what he did to Macho and to yep you know lacerate tongue or whatever. Um, so I don't know. I don't think this is gonna be like his finish going forward. I guess we'll see on that, but. I guess it's more of a like a, a fuck you to Macho, like hey, you know I can. I think it's, you know, like a reminder, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you're exactly right. Like I think they're definitely trying to build up, like okay, this I'm gonna, I I can destroy guys with this. I right. didn't we see him? Was this match or another match we saw him with? He was still doing the head smasher, which is so stupid. Yes. Yeah, and, yeah. And that, when we first saw that match, I was like, oh man, I wish this wasn't his finish as a heel. Yeah. Like, it so just hope- doesn't work. I hope they give them something different. I'm not sure if they do, but I really hope they do something. But I do like this part of it. Like, okay, this is a different way to take guys out. Right. So that was a cool little squash and some storytelling involved in that match. Um, then after that, we get one, two, three kid against the jobber as well. And, you know, this isn't anything to like write home about, but it is a fun little sprint that he wins with a moonsault. Um, one thing I will say about like the one, two, three kid squash matches is that uh, having his story the way it is, like, you know, being a jobber and getting, like, the the random victory and then also, like, losing clean and pretty easy to some guys. Like, even the jobber matches, the jobbers get a little bit of offense in and kind of, like, leaves a little intrigue as to if he's going to win or lose. So um, they're a little bit more competitive than a squash match, I would say, I guess. Yeah. So that, that, that was kind of fun. And then we also get a quick replay of the – double j vignette after that so i don't know if you have anything to add with those two there yeah the only thing i had uh somewhere along the line was they had a highlight of men on the mission playing on the royal rumble uh, uh yeah video game uh then it's also available in all kmart stores again so hot hot, hot tip there uh <laughs> it's weird they have hulk hogan like they talk about him he's on the cover i mean i get you can't like redo the cover but I think you brought it up a couple of weeks ago about, hey, maybe they thought Hogan was coming back. And, like, this could be another side of it. Like, they actually don't talk bad about Hogan during the game. So, kind of interesting there. And then uh, they did have the, the Survivor Series report. Uh, it was, I just in my notes here, I kind of put that it's kind of like a weird uh, – uh, it kind of shows how light the roster is. Like, there's not many guys left off from SummerSlam. The only guys that have left off are guys that left. Louis Darman and Giant Gonzalez. So, both are kind of gone. And then Smoking Guns and Taker um, have been left off. So it just kind of shows you there's just not a lot on this roster right now. Mm-hmm. Like, after kind of those guys where you feel like, oh, man, they could add some more people. They really don't have more to add. So I do think they could have added, you know, Ben on Mission, Smoking Guns to this Rock and Roll Express Heavenly Bodies match. And even well done, like, just to make it something more interesting. Because, like, we've kind of talked about, we really don't care about that match. No. The crowd definitely doesn't come out, care anytime they come out. Um and then the last thing I'll, I'll say is somewhere they mentioned that, that there's going to be announcing the wrestle of the year at Survivor Series, which I I watched that pay-per-view a ton. I don't remember that happening. So when we do our rewatch, I'll see if that happens. But kind of interesting, they kind of mentioned that it's going to be announced during Survivor Series. So they must have had some plan for something to happen at Survivor Series with that. But don't know if maybe we'll see it on Raw or something. But I, I kind right. of caught that on my notes. So um, we get next to Head Shrinkers in a squash match. Uh, so this is, uh, before the match, they, uh, Doink comes on the video screen and they start doing, uh, kind of the multiple Doinks, uh, that's really common for this era, like all kind of laughing, all kind of, uh, doing their own thing. Uh, and so it's really fun, kind of, uh, cheesy video, but then, man, the head shrinkers just squash these jobbers real quick, like a 
minutes. It's 56 minutes of history. It felt like at least 30 seconds, but quick squash for them um, to get over. But definitely they kind of were spooked by the doinks and they immediately squashed these jobbers. So really cool execution there. Like set up a feud, have the squash match still, uh, and then kind of set up everything else. So I like, right. I like this game for a quick, quick, uh, quick, quick squash for a team that we love seeing squashes from them. So Exactly. Uh, and then we had face to face. We talked about this on this one. Jim Cornette's really making fun of Tataka and saying how, you know, they love just taking out their opponents and they've already taken out Tataka. He's a loser and they'll take out the rest of them soon. So, uh, fun, fun little. Cornette's been great in this. So, like, like this little segment here too. Yeah, he does a good job like hyping up both his like Survivor Series match and the Rock and Roll Bodies match. Like, you know. If you take Cornette out of the equation and the Heavenly yep. Bodies Rock and Roll Express match, you would not care about that match one bit. Like, I love Southern Territory wrestling. Like, that's like my favorite, like of the '80s and the, you know, like the territory style. I love the Southern yep. style, but like these two just do not fit here at all. Like, it's just yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I, unless you're doing like the brawling blood style that they're not going to do in the WAF right now, it just doesn't work. Right. I think, and it's like it's just so boring. So. Uh, at least Cornet's breathing a little bit of life into that, I guess, you know. Yep. So then we got uh, our Mark. You want to do Marky Match? Or you got, you want yeah, yeah. So um, with our main event, we get uh, Adam Bomb versus Marty Jannetty, kind of playing off of, you know, running to each other in the aisle, kind of sets up this yep. match. Um, and I thought this like match started out really hot. Like you see a, a huge difference of, I don't know if it's like the the first show and the taping or like you know what it is like if the fatigue like maybe the crowd being more into it gets the wrestlers more into it but um this show is definitely proof that you know like the more of the matches start with like a fast pace and especially marty's on fire and i think he's one of like the best baby face workers in the company right now um but then we get to a point where like harvey attacks marty on the outside so like one two three kid comes down for the save um you know playing into the survivor series match again so now you're seeing like the teamwork that you mentioned earlier kind of come into play um which leads to adam bomb attacking the one two three kid so kind of like a little brawl ensues and the, and the match is thrown out um rick martell eventually comes out and then diesel coming out diesel does not look like he fits in with this at all it's kind of nope. weird how he's dressed and then uh He's followed by Razor. So you, you get like the big brawl between the teams. Um, and it's just a very hot close to the show, in my opinion. Like, I love seeing this kind of stuff. Like, this is like, this just brings me back when I see stuff like this. Where, like, all the guys brawling in the ring and you just kind of don't know what's going to happen next. You know, you don't care about like, the finish of the match or anything like that. You just like seeing all the guys on the, from the team together. So this really gave me the uh, Survivor Series feel here. So really pumped to see something like this uh in the show yeah this was awesome i mean marty's such a good underrated worker he's got his own problems but he, he actually does a lot better than virgil against adam bomb uh mm-hmm. and then just the chaos of everything uh with each guy kind of slowly come into the ring um the crowd uh the only guy that didn't come in right is perfect i didn't see perfect I, that was my notes i didn't see perfect but Man, the crowd was nuts for this. And it would, it, my note, it's just like such simple booking. Like, you don't have to do a lot. You don't have to have um, anyone get injured. You don't have to have high spots. But the crowd just goes nuts for this. Uh, so I, I thought this was awesome. This is like a perfect Survivor Series thing. I don't know why they didn't do like more of this. 
Uh, right, that, right. Like this is just such a like it's just so easy of a thing to do, um, and so it, I hope they keep this up. But this, the crowd for this was just losing their minds. Like it was one of the best little segments they did. And think about it, it was an atom bomb match, and we're talking about like a really good batch and a really good angle. So maybe we just kind of turned the corner here. The atom bomb, we'll see. We've been, you know, we, going into this, I think me and you talked about this guy we thought we'd love, and he's been such a disappointment. So I'm hoping this is kind of turning the corner of him. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see 94 playing out a little better for him. And maybe that's like in my mind's eye, like what I remember him most for. So hopefully like that yeah. kind, of, kind of happens. But, you know, like him kind of getting like they, they finally are throwing the training wheels off and maybe throwing him into something like this. So he is someone yeah, we, to, watch, to look out for. And, and, you, and you joked about, but it's true. He is very green. Like, mm-hmm. he might just always be green. And it kind of the same as similar to, a, you know, his tag team partner later in Chronic, we talked about earlier, is Crush. Like, a guy that just, like, never got over the greenness. Like, he was just always, you know, they gave him so many chances, but he, like, couldn't get past the first gear. Uh, it might be similar here with Adam Bob. Like, this is just his talent level. Like, you just can't get any better than, than what he can well, do. You know, like, 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 and, you know, I've harkened back to this podcast a few times, but the Kevin Nash podcast, like, what they what he says and and i kind of believe it is a lot of like these big guys like you know crush out bomb nash sid um they get pushed so fast because of their size that they don't really yeah. get trained properly like they're just like pushed into like a main event semi-main event scene because of their size and it's believable like it's so credible to see a guy like that just dominate so they don't really have to work hard because they're pushed so fast and it, it's kind of like yeah, a that's a point. long run you know what i mean yeah, so, like, that's a good point. You, yeah, you, you can see it. Like, you, uh, unless you're a guy like Vader or something that like, goes to Japan and like earns it, you know, that's why he's so well known. A lot of the big guys just get over on just being big, and you know, why else do they have a reason to be a good wrestler? You know. Yeah, it, it is tough. Like on your body, like uh, tall. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just the taller wrestlers aren't as good at you know the the moves and stuff. Like it's just not as easy to do those. They're just not as flexible. Some of that stuff, but. You could see some of the guys that come out being a great wrestler later on, but you know your Batistas, your Takers, like they right. learn, right? They like they're, they're, you can be talented wrestler. You're not going to be doing the same moves, but you can kind of go with a different type of offense to to show right. off your size, and you don't have to be everything has to be a grappling uh, move. So, uh, but yeah, really, really interesting, and yeah, two two of the guys kind of funny in this same episode that see if they ever become anything. But we've liked them the you know, last two episodes between Crush and Bob, so. Hopefully yep. they keep it up. Uh, all right, should we go on to our awards? Yes, sir. Right. Uh, wait, I lost my sheets. We don't get it. All right, so we got most new gen outfit. I know we have a lot less, but we'll, we'll find we'll find some awards here. So the most new gen. Yeah, outfit. I thought um, uh, I thought that what what uh, Diesel came out in the brawl was very. Like, I hate- mid 90s new gen era fashion so i'm gonna go with him on that yeah i'm going with uh who did i like out of this one there's someone oh men on the mission playing the video games which in their outfits is is ridiculous so uh worst uh most new gen performer so um there wasn't like too many you know standouts here but uh one guy like i just really enjoyed everything he was in was marty Jannetty. so i'm gonna go with him yeah i'm gonna go with crush i thought like his heel character is kind of the signature of crush i think of from the new gen like even the orange crush 
It's yeah. like we barely saw him at all, and I feel like this heel crush is one we're going to see for a lot longer. So That's a good call. Uh, worst match or segments? Uh, I mean, there's, there's a couple that are pretty bad, but I guess, I mean, Adam Bomb Virgil will be kind of easy, but I'm going to go with the Razor versus Bastion Booger because it kind of let the air out of a, a really over baby face. Like, like yeah. You know, Adam Bomb won his match, so it didn't really kill him or anything. And not to say that it killed Razor, but it just kind of cooled him off a little bit. So I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, I mean, same. Vince called it lethargic. Like, Vince <laughs> right. called it as a terrible match. So I'm going to go with the boss on that one. That That, that is the worst. Uh, the best match are a couple couple good on the Superstars. I don't know what... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the main event of Superstars and the Adam Bomb, Marty, and mostly because of like what it led to, just like the, the yep. whole se- the segment as a whole. So I'm going to have to go with them. I agree. I agree with you that there was some other good stuff here as we kind of, you know, we glanced over some of it. But in the Raw, the Four for X interview was really good. Um, some of the Todd promo I thought was good, building up Survivor Series. So I thought overall okay, but uh, the matches in, in Raw were pretty rough. Uh, stock up. Stock up. Uh, crush. Crush is like you know just as far as like character and performance goes, and kind of like his little dig to Macho with the finish is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Crush on this one. I'll go Adam Bomb just because he's been normally on our stock down, but I think uh, Virgil match wasn't terrible. The Adam right. Smasher looked cool, and then you know, I thought a fun match with Marty and even his squash was good. So, so I'll Chronic, 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 the, chronic running away. Yep, kind of <laughs> their first, probably an only time. Uh, <laughs> stock down then. Uh, stock down. Uh, no, I don't really want to say Razor. I'm gonna say Mr. Perfect. Uh, he was in, you know, just a, a long squash match, and then he also wasn't involved in that brawl at the end. Um, which kind of sucked. Like, why aren't you in that brawl when you're part right. of this team? So, I don't know. It was kind of weird. So, I'm, I'm going to take... Yeah, uh, I would agree on that. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with someone different. I don't want to I don't want to go Bastion Booger, but I'm going to go Virgil, actually, just because I thought he's been good when we've seen him. I think he's been good, you know, kind of fodder from... We've always started, right, for having the squash with Yokozuna. And, like, to kind of be thrown out there with no feud and just lose clean to, to Adam Bomb, a guy that's not beat anyone. Uh, I think there's he's a guy they probably could have done more with, so I'm going to give it to him. That's a good call. All right, so we got through those. Uh, we got a couple more superstars. One one definitely really good Raw next week. We got a big announcement on the next superstars as well about the, the, the main event, so a lot of stuff still to come before Survivor Series, and then we also have the Survivor Series showdown, uh, which includes the big announcement of uh, someone being suspended, so there's right. a, you know, only a couple weeks left before Survivor Series. There's a lot still to, to go for that uh, that uh, pay-per-view, and I think we both talked about it. We've liked the build to it so far. We really, I really like the build between the Warren Fanatics and All-Americans, and now they're starting to throw in the feud between um, uh, the, kind of the Intercontinental match uh, with Razor and you know, Adam Bob and Regionetti. So fun stuff uh, for these things. And we got a couple more shows before Survivor Series. Anything more to add? Yeah, no, I just think, you know, with, with what's coming up, with the changes and everything, like, I think it's more well-known. Things are going to um, start happening, like, that people are aware of. If they, you know, aren't watching the TV, they still kind of know what's about to happen soon. So um, some more, like, landmark moments are coming up that we're going to see. So it'll be pretty fun to cover. 
Perfect. All right. Well, thanks everyone for the, the feedback, and we'll talk to you, see everyone in two weeks. All right.